Um, and then I went through the application process. Um, I recorded a vlog on this camera so you can see how bad the quality is. Like I record my YouTube videos on an actual camera. And I recorded a vlog answering, it's like, hello, my name is Britt. I would like to work for you, please. Thank you. And, and um, I was the only person that did that. Welcome to Scab Talk, an Escape from Tarkov podcast with a continuing focus on development of the game, passionate analysis, theory crafting, and general gameplay discussions. My name is Church. I'm one of your hosts. I do video editing and live streaming. I'm Gigabeef, a YouTube content creator for Tarkov, helping you get better at the game. And today we have a special guest, a sarcastic Brit, who is not just Pestily's editor, but Pestily's ex-editor, in fact. So <gasps> um, I think, is it is it one week now? One week since you've been... Uh, yeah, like quit last unchained, week. Unchained? Unchained. From, uh, <laughs> from the Freedom. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So... Yeah, welcome, Britt. Um, so Thanks, a pleasure to have you on the show. It's been it's been a while that you know we had it planned because we only do one guest every every month or so, and so it does take us actually a while to kind of get to people. But um, definitely worth it. I think the timing's worked out for this. So um, so yeah, so welcome. And um, I guess like just to get started, like most of the questions I'm going to ask you to begin with is going to be around just your background of like how you got into stuff. Like firstly, how did you get into EFT to begin with in, in Tarkov and kind of what's your background in terms of games? And like everyone's got a, diff- a different progression and I don't know, like path, I suppose, on like how they got to Tarkov. It's never just like random out of the blue, except for maybe Jesse Kazam. Um, but I think he's a bit of an edge case. So yeah. <laughs> My background in games. Um as soon as I got an Xbox 360 and I discovered Xbox Live, I was hooked on upsetting people by <laughs> just being better than them, right? That was, like, my thing. Like, I played Gears of War to death, and just knowing that I was just upsetting someone on the other side of anywhere brought me great pleasure. So, like, that was when I really fell into, like, this hole of be the Chad, right? And then over the years... I've had various like gaming hooks, but I've always been into competitive whatever. And someone showed me Tarkov in 2016 when the first like video came out. Um, wow. If you show, I can't remember the video off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it was like some footage at customs and, you know, they were doing that, they were playing very properly. And yeah. I was like, oh, this looks incredible. And I read the blurb and was like, this is sick. I have to get involved. Um, so I purchased um, the the Edge of Darkness version uh, in January 2017 before we could even play it. Oh my goodness! Straight off the bat, um, that's a that's a that's a commitment. Because I saw it and I was like, "Yeah, keen." Um, <laughs> and then yeah, I played it when it first came out, and I was terrible at it. It was it, it was a whole different game. Um, Everything looked different. Everything felt different. Everything played different. Um, but yeah, I got into it just because I looked at it and I thought, this is what I need. Because it was like a mixture of competitive and also like the grinding and, and the acquisition style games. You know, I'm into MMOs. I'm into um, dungeon crawlers and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of took a bit from that and a bit from that and a bit from that. 
Um, I think that's definitely the case, right? It's like it's, it's quite an interesting thing because it kind of brings people in from lots of different places. Like, what 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 game were you playing at the time? Were you playing something else at the time when when EFT appeared? Or I was actually really into League of Legends at the time. Okay, um, I was going through that phase uh, <laughs> because of the compare. I, I played nothing but ranked. I never warmed up with normal games. Never did anything like I play quite a lot of Tekken. Uh, I go, I don't warm up. I go straight into ranked because that's where the fun is over there. Like winning or losing and going through the like roller coaster of emotions. So <laughs> I was playing a lot of League at the time, and I needed a shooter because I'd played too much Counter Strike and I couldn't play any more Counter Strike. Um, and I needed. The problem with games like Counter-Strike was that the depth wasn't there for me. Mm. Whereas yeah. Tarkov, as you guys know, it's got like all these different layers. And um, you, I'd play Counter-Strike to get my shooter fix. I'd play, I don't know, maybe an RPG to get like my reward for this fix. And then I'd play like a dungeon brawler to get my grind fix. Yeah. So... Yeah. And Tarkov covers all those three bases. That's that's cool. That that is yeah. cool. Yeah, it sounds like you've got quite a, like a diverse um, diverse base of kind of games that you play, which is quite interesting. And as you say, it kind of picks into all of those. Actually, just like random random point I wanted to mention because you you touched on something and it reminded me of um, kind of the philosophy of like either playing only ranked or people who play kind of a mixture. And I remember back because like I haven't played anything that's ranked for a while, but um, the thing that was closest to that was when I was playing Dota 2, very similar to League. And then there's kind of like the two schools of thought, which is which is, which is interesting about like whether you only play ranked and your rank represents the average of your play, like just the whole of your play, like just you, or whether you only play rank, ranked when you're feeling really good about it. And then your rank represents the best of your ability. So mm. technically speaking, your your rank would actually be very slightly higher, but it only is a small subset of your play when you're yeah. actually feeling really good. And it's quite interesting, those two schools of thought, it's like, you know, whether you think that you're going to benefit more from only playing ranked and then you're you know because you're always playing the hardest version because people are actually trying properly mm-hmm. um or whether you're better off just kind of you know mental because it's such a mental game right when you're when you're playing yeah. these like competitive things and you're adding and, and losing mmr every time you play yeah. and it's uh it's difficult especially especially in a team game so yeah tarkov's quite it's quite nice actually not to have to think about about that it's you get nice not having a rank yeah yeah you know, for sure as soon as you know you're playing ranked and you have something to lose and something to gain it changes everything. Exactly. Um, there's lots of really interesting studies on people who played games like Rocket League that hid their rank for a whole season, and they actually reached like peak <laughs> levels of MMR by not knowing where they were whilst they were playing, um, versus like the season before where they yeah. they went through the emotions of being like, "Oh, do you know what? I'm about to lose this match, which means I'm about to have wasted the last hour of my life, which means I'm not going to get this." promotion or this thing or whatever it is so yeah it's fascinating the psychology of it's really interesting um so yeah we're kind of like i guess that's why you end up people just comparing ruble count in tarkov because there's not really any any other way of other than like level um there's yeah. not really any way of like pmc kills or yeah pmc kills and that, i guess like, like yeah pmc kills i guess is why people put it up on their stream they say you know ten thousand pmc kills or you yeah. know four thousand or whatever because that's like that's the one aspect of it and then there's also the, the economy side of just like you know how much money you have um and on what level your character is and those are kind of like the but the, none of none of those things specifically actually dictate kind of like your skill level so it's kind of nice that it's sort of hidden from all of us in some ways and that we just we just all get screwed by the game continuously yeah yeah um, yeah <laughs> tarkov so, wins every time we never so win from from tarkov on a, on a completely separate branch 
clearly right you know your 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 main your main deal the the big game for you is the whole editing thing mm. have you been a professional editor forever did you train for it is it something that you kind of just like picked up you were doing something else and that like, you learned it over time and decided this could be really fun and, and, and that kind of thing like how did you, how did that side of this work for you the short answer is no <laughs> the long answer is my life has been an absolute fucking roller coaster like <laughs> i wanted to I, I didn't do amazingly well at school. I did okay. You know, I hit that for the for the UK people at home. I hit that average like five to ten A star to C, like GCSE kind of banding, right? So I was like right in the middle of the pack. Um, part of it is because I didn't try because I was playing Xbox. Part of it was because I didn't really see the future benefit. But then I actually wanted to. I wanted to be a copper for a, oh really interesting the the longest of times i wanted to be a copper um and then there was a bunch of like public sector budget cuts um yeah. whilst i was at college doing this like army navy air force police kind of force thing yeah. okay and i'd also been accepted into like the specials which is the voluntary police um and the career path didn't look appealing anymore. And um, my my brother is a software dev guy. I couldn't even put a title in his job for all I for all I know. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And he said, Well, go and learn IT. So I went to uni um, in 2011. Okay. Uh, so I actually have a degree in games development. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So I turned up on day one. And I was in a much better physical shape than I am now. But imagine, like, a fit person walking into a room full of non-fit people that wanted to go and do games dev. But we all had the same thing in common, that we loved games. But everyone yeah. looked at me and were like, the sports studies rooms are down the hall. Dude. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm in the right place. This is games dev 101, right? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, cool. Teach me some codes. so funny. Right? So I did, I did that, and I, I stuck that out. Um, and we did some video editing. We did some audio design. We did 3D okay. modeling. We wrote um, C Sharp. We wrote um, Lua. We wrote a couple of other very niche languages as well. Um, and when I graduated, um, I, tr I tried to get a job in that field. Yeah, uh, I sucked. It's super it competitive, not... right? Like oh going into God. game dev is insane. I think the, the the problem I had was that I didn't specialize in anything, right? And the course I did was actually really generalist, mm. and I'm not that great at maths, so my coding was just crap. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the creative side of it, so like I got quite into 3D modeling and things like that. Okay, yeah. Um, but again, because I wasn't incredible and I didn't have anywhere near as good a skill set as these people that had come out of the 3D modeling degree, yeah, they were getting the jobs. So I ended up working in sales for like most of my 20s. Uh, um, interesting. I had quite okay. a successful sales career. I did pretty well. Yeah. Um, what were you selling? <laughs> uh, I went from selling cars to uh, working for uh, Rightmove. You oh, yeah. Okay. Rightmove. Yeah. So I sold um advertising to estate agents so i took estate agents money which was That's great like i was a hero amongst <laughs> a certain class of people um 
that was a great job. And then I got myself fired. Um, right. And like, while I was trying to work out what to do, I started streaming. Okay. 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 So here, okay, here it comes. Okay. So, so you were streaming first. Yeah. I was streaming for a bit. And, okay, and what were you streaming? Were you streaming Tarkov? Uh, no, I was streaming Rainbow Six Siege. Okay. Big in, big into Rainbow Six. Um, so I was streaming Siege. I got in with a few Siege creators, made friends with them. And I was actually trying to hustle a little bit. So I was designing emotes and sub badges. And then a friend of mine who was, his stream was doing really well. I said, oh, I, I used to edit videos when I was at uni because I actually had a YouTube channel for a, a year or so uh, doing Let's Plays and yeah. little bits. Uh, my best friend started a FIFA YouTube channel. And I was like, I want to do that, but not FIFA. What can I do? Can you teach me? And he was like, yeah, I'll teach you everything you need to know. Uh, uh, so he taught me some stuff and I, you know, that channel was shit. But by today's standards, if you saw that channel, you would have burnt it to the ground. The channel was terrible. It doesn't exist anymore because it was actually my full name. So whenever okay. people used to look me up to try and like purchase things from like, whether it was from Volkswagen or from anywhere, they would see my YouTube channel. Right, it, would come up, yeah. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. So I had to delete it, which I, I, I wish I didn't because I'd love to see some of those terrible, terrible videos now and just show them to people. Um. But yeah, I ended up doing some videos for free for a, a, a Rainbow Six YouTuber. Okay. Um, and then someone he knew said, how much are you paying? Mm -hmm. I, wanna, I want him to do some videos for me as well. And I sat there and I was like, he doesn't know I'm not charging him anything. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, £25 a video? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> okay. Sure. So I guess he said like, yes, right? And yeah, he and was that, like, that, cool. Was I don't know it? how much editors cost, like whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how much editors charge. I don't <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So that was my first like paying client. That's super um, cool. That's so random, but like that's so cool as well. Yeah, to say I fell into it is is one way to explain it. Mm -hmm. Um but I had a very basic skill set. So that when it was asked of me, I could create. Yeah. Um, I didn't wake up and go, oh, I've never edited a video before in my life. This looks like fun. Let's do that. It, it, it was, um, I already had like a very basic understanding um, of what was going on. Got you. Um, okay. And I was still unemployed. So I was like, sure. Yeah, you're like, there's money and, um, you know, it's something that's yeah. kind of interesting and, and you hone your skills and, and whatever. So then, like, how, how many leaps was it from there to get to, you know, work for Vestley? How did that opportunity even come up? Did he, like, advertise and you applied for it or what was the deal? The, the leaps were huge. <laughs> I, I did... This is where it starts to get a bit stupid because when I say it out loud, it, it's pretty ridiculous. But I was working for this guy that was basically like a very very small nobody and then through him i was introduced to another uh streamer and i was like i want to work for that guy because he had this personality that was just incredible and i saw the talent and i yeah, was like okay. that's a future full-time streamer right there so i was like I, I joined a stream and i actually made his sub badges for him but then I didn't speak to him for months. 
And then I jumped back into a stream and literally after about half, I was like, oh, hey. And he was like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you? And I was like, yeah, I'm all good. And this was in, this was in October 2019, right? And he was like, oh, I need a YouTube guy. Do you know anyone? And I was like, I'm a YouTube guy, right? <laughs> so October 2019, I shake hands with this guy. I make a trial video. He says, yeah, great, cool. Um, let, let's, do, let's do business. So we agree terms. It was about $250 a month or something. I made like a video a week and, and you know, it. I was in a negative the whole time because it took ages yeah. to do everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then he starts getting some traction. He starts building some some contacts because of how ridiculous he is, right? Um, he phones me up in January 2020 and says, okay. right, do you want to come to Canada with me in February? Wow. We're going to go to the Rainbow Six World Championships. I will introduce you to everyone. And I was like, I've, I cannot afford that. <laughs> like, I, I found a job that was paying dog, dog shit, right? I, I could not straight afford that. It's like a, it was like a $700 flight, plus all of the money for the ticket, yeah. plus all the money for the food, plus everything else. Because, I don't know, you go on holiday and you're like, this holiday is only going to cost a bit. And then when you get there, you're like... Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. a bottle of water is 10 bucks. All right, <laughs> this is bad. But, you know, so I got a credit card. Okay, I got, <laughs> I, okay. I got a credit card. Um, I turned around to him. I was like, look, I can't afford it. I'm sorry, I can't go. And a week later, he phoned me again. He said, what if you could afford it? And I was like, what are you saying? He was like, I will pay for you to come out. I'll pay for you to come out. I'll give you a camera. Follow me around and film me. So I was like, hang on. And I walked into the other room. I said to my uh, fiance, I said, do you mind if I fuck off to Canada next month? <laughs> and she was like, do it, do it, go. Because the opportunity was huge. Yeah. So exactly. we, you basically have to say to... yes. If you get that chance, you just have to, have to do it. Exactly. We go to Canada. He introduces me to everyone. And like, I mean, everyone. Like, we were at this bar that was exclusive to... Uh, Ubisoft staff, players, and anyone that was kind of cool enough to kind of come in. Yeah. But like, I was playing pool against uh, members of Fnatic, and <laughs> oh, that's so the, cool. the G two roster was next to me. And then like, there was million plus sub YouTubers on the tables. There was a big pool bar. Yeah. There was million plus YouTubers. Basically, everywhere I looked, someone was rich. Like I was the poorest <laughs> person in that room, and like. <laughs> everyone was everyone and like i i was playing against a pro player for e united and i beat him so many times at pool he offered me editing work um and then i met another guy at the bar that offered me some editing work and then i met a guy that uh owns uh, an esports company that does like the lower ranks and like the lower leagues so all of these guys are like oh you're an editor you're an editor and i was the only editor in the room see that's insane that's insane because no, no one else had flown their editor out so you got like a ton. So you basically just got a ton of contacts, a ton yeah. of opportunities from all these different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and I get home, I start working away, I'm doing all of these bits. I get tagged in a tweet by one of the guys that I've met in Canada, and it was the pestily tweet. I'm looking for an editor, mm-hmm. and I, was, I remember sitting there looking at it, going, 
I'm not ready for this. And then this little voice in the back of my head was like, whatever, just do it. You, you got on a plane and flew to Canada with a bunch of strangers that you met on the internet like months before. Like I rolled into a hotel room and uh, uh, I rolled into this hotel lobby and the guy that had flown me out was like four hours behind me. But he phones me and goes, oh, all of these people are going to meet you there. And I was like, I don't know what any of these guys' faces look like. <laughs> so I'm looking for the nerds. Yeah. I saw some guys wearing like a Rainbow Six jacket. And I was like, Jacob? And he was like, Brit? I was like, hey, okay, cool. So let's go get McDonald's. Um, like once you got one in, then, then that's it. Yeah. Then you're introduced by that person, right? You've just yeah. got to get that so one I, sh- I shot that shot there and I thought, I'll shoot my shot again. Yeah. And then everyone that I'd met in Canada basically did that vouch thing on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. My like recommendations list, like if you pull up the tweet, um, I replied to it saying, oh, you know, I've applied for this. And then underneath is vouch with tons of people that have got like verified ticks next to their mm-hmm. name. It's like pro players, content creators, casters, all these people that I'd met and had really good interactions with in Canada were backing me up. Um, and then I went through the application process um, I recorded a vlog on this camera so you can see how bad the quality is. Like, I record my YouTube videos on an actual camera. Yeah. And I recorded a vlog answering, it's like, hello, my name is Fred. <laughs> I would like to work for you, please. Thank you. And, and um, I was the only person that did that. So he was like, firstly, he was like, I'm impressed with the extra mile that you went. Because I'm thinking, how do I get this guy's attention? Makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. You've got to stand out. You've got to stand do some out. I get this guy's attention. Yeah. How do you do it? Exactly. Like, it, as, as silly as it sounds, right? If you had the opportunity to work for PewDiePie, you know tons of people are going to be applying for that. How do you stand above everyone else? Because, so when on the first application for when I applied, and that was how I got the job, went through the application process, um, there was 210 people. On this round of people, when I handed in my notice and we started looking for uh, someone to come in and take over the reins, there was 505 or something. So if you're, on average, going up against 10 people for a normal civvy street job, if you're looking for this kind of work, you kind of... Yeah, it's just like a whole other level of crazy. 450 of those 500 people didn't even own computers. They were just shooting their shot because why not? Yeah. Why not? Right. Might get on the phone with Pestily. Why not? <laughs> um, but you still need to be louder than them. Yeah. So interesting. Cause your, your time in sales actually probably helped that in a lot of ways, just like understanding about from, you know, the perspective of someone else and going, okay, so what are they, they're going to be looking at me and how, how am I going to be perceived? You know, that's kind of what sales is about really. And about, you know, trying to present what you have in the best way you can and, and mm-hmm. stand out, that kind of thing. So it's, it's funny how like you've got like a, such a chaotic path leading up to, <laughs> up to getting this job. And then, so once, once you got it, was it, was it, was it is it just like, was it just you? Or like how many other, other editors? Like how, how does, how does that actually work with Pest? I guess we can get more, more in depth about like your time um, with him um, with some questions now but i just thought of that off the top of my head it's like how big yeah. how big actually is the team when he interviewed me he was like do you reckon you could do all this work and i was like yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> he hired two people <laughs> yeah. he and funny enough frankie who uh started with me uh i think he said the same thing because we were both just like we want this yeah like so bad we wanted it 
And I mean, don't get me wrong, I was panicking because I was like, what if I can't keep up? You know, what if I can't do all of this stuff? My anxiety levels were through the roof. Um, but as soon as he said, you know, I've hired two editors, I was like, oh my God, that's actually epic. Yeah. Um, and he said to me, you know, I've hired this guy called Frankie. He's incredible. He's really, really good. I think you'll learn a lot from him. And I think you've got some things to teach him. So I've been blessed with like working with this like absolute hero of a guy uh, for the past year who's taught me heaps, heaps and heaps and heaps. Um, hopefully I've taught him heaps. Um, but in terms of like the wider team, there's a few people like there's now there's three editors. Okay. So, yeah. Cause I remember Two actually like, there was, um, there was a Pestley unmasked video actually. And he was talking about like, I think well, where, was it on his unmasked one? He did it's, like a big yeah, Q and A. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was just like, you know, talking about someone asking some like uh, slightly awkward questions about revenue and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but he like, he referenced the number of people that he's having to pay. And, you know, there's like a huge team. It sounded like in the, yeah. in the background, like working on his stuff, which is, you know, fair enough. He's running a big enterprise really. Um, so it does make there's, sense. There's, um, there's a few of us doing a few different things. Um, all of it is to benefit the, the, the business. Um, and he doesn't pay anyone poorly either. It's, it's, you hear a lot of horror stories about editors and designers or mods or anyone in and around this industry yeah. being treated badly. Um, I, I had to move house to do this job. Um, and Pestley put his hand in his pocket and said, here's some money. Like, wow. get, get yourself sorted, get moved. Um, this should hopefully tie up any loose ends because I had some contracts to terminate and whatnot. Um, and he was like, this should tie up any loose ends and help with the moving costs. And I was like... Awesome. That's awesome. Honestly, that is okay. awesome. That's the thing, though. That's how you like. That's how you keep people for a decent amount of time. You know, that's how that's how you like keep people on side. You want you want people to want to work for you, right? Because you just screwing people over. They're just going to go eventually, and they're going to be unhappy when mm -hmm. they do. And and then other people aren't going to want to. And I think like it's even it's probably even more important in this kind of industry where it's such a there's. A, the pool of people, it's not it's not that big. Like everybody knows everybody else, right? And so if you get a reputation for not treating people well, that's gonna get out so quickly, right? It's not like yeah, it's not like you're trying to do a piece of business like you know, somewhere random and you know, and you're just selling a car to somebody who's you know lives nowhere near you and you're never gonna see them again, right? It's like the yeah. the content creation industry is big, but the the individual personalities are, you know, their own like each person is is quite sensitive to that like reputation yeah. right and so what, what content creators need to understand is editors and designers talk to each other yeah quietly or loudly we talk to each other i've got a list of people to avoid working for i would i'd never even fall in on their radar but like i'm part of a server of editors that has a blacklist and reasons why you know, whether it's poor payment, bad treat, and, and it's all evidenced and it's all, yeah. you know, it's not just people going, rah, 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 rah. it's like pretty tribunally, like, you know, watch mm. out for this guy, watch out for this guy. But what editors and designers need to realize is that the content creators talk to each other as well. Mm. And it's such a reputation based industry. Um, when I turned around to like, my mum, right? And was like, oh, I'm finally going to do this thing. It's finally happening. I've been grinding away for a long time. I'm finally going to do this thing. 
she was like, oh, have you got it in writing? Have you got a contract? Have you got all these things? And I was like, yeah. no, not yet. I will get a contract. Well, get a contract first. It doesn't work like that, Mum. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. It's a trust-based thing. Um, it definitely is, and it's it's partly because like the the formalization of the industry is still in its infancy, right? I think that's partly the reason. It's just like there hasn't been the time for this stuff to to come through. And I think also it's kind of an interesting one because like even though it's a big, even though even though it is a big business for a lot of people. A lot of people didn't start it that way. And so even though people like grow into becoming a business person around the content around their channel, around whatever it is that they're doing, streaming, whatever, half the time it wasn't how they kind of originally want, like it wasn't really the plan. And mm. and so it's not yeah. like it's filled with big companies or anything like that. And so there's like no formalized process, right? It's like a bunch of individuals talking to a bunch of other individuals you know, maybe people are setting up companies or whatever to run these things out of, but again, but it's just like, it's just one-on-one relationships. You know, it's not like a business to business thing. Like you get elsewhere with, with other stuff with people with teams of lawyers and there's templates for contracts and this kind of stuff. It's just like, it just, it just hasn't happened yet. And you know, sure. It's very start. It's slowly moving into more of that stuff creeping up. Yeah. Um, Which is good and bad, right? It's good and bad. It, it, It will have its advantages. It will have its its disadvantages. Um, we'll just have to see where it goes. Um, I think people, I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't want to normalize stuff like that. Like, you know, I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't even anonymously like to say, this is how much I earn, just so that someone could pull together some data and say, you know, the average editor charges this much for a 10 minute video. I think even anonymously, people don't want to put that data out there for whatever reason. Maybe they think they, maybe they think they charge too much and they don't want their clients to go, hang on a minute. Or, Or maybe people don't charge a lot and maybe they feel like a bit embarrassed. I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's difficult. It's a really tricky one. I mean, people turn around to me all the time and, I was told as a kid, like, you don't ask someone how much they earn. Yeah. You don't ask someone about their business. Maybe you ask them what they do mm. and you ask them if they enjoy it. Um, but I have people randomly say to me, you know, how much do you charge? And I'm like, it ain't that simple. Exactly. It's, and it depends you know, too, right? Like, it depends on what. It's just like, what, are you talking like full time only working with one person or like working with different people per video yeah like, just want TikTok. like, like yeah like it like it really depends <laughs> like it, it really yeah. really depends um okay 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 so there's honestly there's so many questions i could ask you it's just it's actually insane <laughs> church like is there any, is there anything that you have like to to uh the like, burning question at this point otherwise i'm just going to keep like i'm just going to keep going otherwise <laughs> no i'm just here to i'm just i'm just here to if pick my brains man pick my brains I, i've been behind the curtain for a year <laughs> exactly exactly okay so you know is there any particular reason why you stopped working for pestily yeah i got a really fucking good offer and i couldn't say no that's a pretty good reason like it had nothing to do with with paul it had nothing to do with the team Ooh. i love the team they're so they're such good people um paul paul and christina so pestily and kickily to the the uninitiated are like incredible right um to put it in perspective not only did they like help me out moving house 
but like <laughs> my fiance had two cancer scares last year and throughout both of those cancer scares they were in contact like how's she getting on what's going on here they sent a gift basket like when i told her i was leaving and i accept the offer my fiance was like tearing up because she was like they're such nice people like Aww. it has nothing to do with the team or the job um but uh two youtubers agree to deal with me and they have a combined 10 mil subs and it's a different style of editing so there's more things to learn they have a whole new network so it's more people to me it's a change of pace so i'll be editing less videos overall spending more time on each one to kind of get it real good so which kind of genre is that? I assume it's it's um it's more gaming stuff, I imagine. Um Yeah, it's it's VR comedy and um sort of second channel stuff as well. So these guys are like in the the the, the top tier of like VR YouTubers. Amazing. Where they do all of this just crazy VR nonsense, right? It's like <laughs> it's like ADHD on ADHD on ADHD <laughs> stuff. It's insane. Like it's it's mad. And they They've all sort of gone, well, we can't just do VR stuff. Let's do other things. Mm. But because of the algorithm, so they've gone and made second channels. Right. And they actually have been editing for themselves almost the whole time. Like up to one of the guys, I think he said it was like up to about six mil subs on YouTube. And he didn't call in an editor. It's pretty impressive. That's mad to me. I think that's crazy. But like, probably at that point, if you're, it's yeah. I I I think that's the issue, right? It's like people people have control over their own content, and it's like, even if somebody is better at you technically at like Premiere or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's like, will they do it in the style that you want them to? Even if they're really good, you know. Yeah. And and will it change? Will it change stuff? I think there's a fear there, but um, yeah. I think yeah. Once you get to six, I think that's probably probably (laughs) a lot because the channel's like presumably making so much money at that point that you can afford to get somebody who's really good. You could who's going to spend time with you. Whole team. Yeah, exactly. You've got like whole production crew and everything. Yeah. You 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 could have a different person edit each minute of footage if you wanted to. Like, (laughs) you you could go crazy with it. But exactly, it was a trust based thing, and I think where they struggled was. where there's a lot of editors, the talent pool is quite small. So there's all of these editors, this many are employable, this many are actually able to do what they want, and then there's this many that they can actually trust to do it, yeah. which yeah. is where it becomes more than just a skill exactly. set, exactly. and it becomes a And then also, like, the only way that you can know that is, again, through the network, through people saying, this guy's good, or he's been working for me for ages, or this yeah. is the kind of thing that this, this person does, or this person's reliable, this person isn't reliable. And it's, it's, all, just, it's all just relationship at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, it's like just the... touching on one... Oh, sorry. No, you go first, Judge. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's just like the anonymity of the internet. You know, it's just like some Joe Schmo can be like, yeah, I'm an editor, you know, and he's like, doesn't even have a PC, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. It's just like, that reputation system is just so important. Mm-hmm. It is insane. No, what I was going to say is you you touched on like the the volume before. So I know Pethley puts out a lot of content. Like how? Yes. How did you, how do you think that, because I'm actually trying to remember where this coincided because there was a stage, right? So obviously everyone's known Pethley for a long time and I stumbled upon Pethley stuff when I first started playing EFT. So I, I first started as a player and then started becoming a content creator after playing. So it's probably like, uh, 
been a content creator for like a year and then i've been playing eft for like two and a half years two years two and a half years something like that so like known mm-hmm. pestley the whole time and i when i was starting to look into content that kind of stuff i remember noticing and this might actually have coincided with when you turned up in the first place there was a step change in the content that he was making because i think he he referenced somewhere or, or somebody referenced somewhere and this was ages ago um that he was a little frustrated with the slowdown of the growth of his channel and i think at that point he was probably at like 200 250k subs or something but he was getting like not as he was getting decent views but it wasn't actually growing or anything and then i remember noticing there was a change in the thumbnails a change in the way that all the stuff actually got done um and this may well have coincided with when when you joined i'm not sure um but like how do yeah, you was, how do you that feel was exactly when we walked in how do you feel that the channel then has kind of evolved from what he was doing previously because like and and this is actually the funny thing because like a lot of streamers and and youtubers are kind of accused of being quite lazy in general and i think especially streamers because you just kind of turn the camera on and you and you just go whereas like pestley has always been one of like the hardest work it's, it's obvious to see that he's like one of the hardest working content he creators definitely... i've ever seen in my entire life right yeah but i think beforehand he was possibly working working hard and not not necessarily working smart which is why he hired the editors and 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 you guys and that and that kind of stuff and like change things up to try and actually yeah. get more out of the, the effort that he was putting in that kind I'd, of thing i'd, so. I'd agree with that I, I i think the major turning point and this is you know this is what he sort of said to to us was that he he knew what he wanted to do but there was a a skill gap there mm. mm-hmm. um you know Pesley made his first 500 videos himself. And if you watch them, you can see that Pesley's made them because you watch the first one and he's gotten gradually better at editing videos over time. But then the, the stream got really busy. Like the stream just pops off and suddenly it's like, right, this is serious now, but he doesn't have the time to dedicate to learning the skills that, you know, Frankie's been editing for six some plus years or something stupid. You know, I've been doing it for two at this point, and then I did a stint way back. Uh, and he just went, right, this is what I want to do, but I don't have the skill set to do it. I wonder if we bring people in, and then we basically double down on the fact that with the increase in production value, you'll hear him use the word production value a lot, right? It's a really important thing to him, the production value and being the best quality it can be. So he's gone, if I can bring in professionals and I can deliver them the content, we can create this really high production value product. And then that will increase in growth of the channel and will then pay their wages and then pay my wages. And then we'll go like this. So we came in, Frankie came in first and just hit the ground running. He's, you know, there was a lot of trial and error, trying this, trying that, that works, that doesn't work, get rid of that, do this, bring that in, try this thumbnail, try that thumbnail, do all of these things. Immediately, everybody's like, what's going on here? (laughs) Everyone's gone, whoa, this is cool. Kind of like this. And then I started like a month after and suddenly we're doing three videos a day at that standard. And 
uh last check it was like 480k subs but in the year the channel went from like 220 to, to 480 yeah and 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 all we've been trying to do is just make the better quality stuff just do that so that, yeah. that's that was the strap it, it, it was sense. a skill it was a skill gap so um, before so before you guys turned up pesty was just editing all the stuff himself right yeah pretty much yeah he was getting about four hours sleep a day for about two years. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is insane. It's actually one of the things that I vastly underestimated, I think, when I first started doing this stuff. is just like the sheer amount of time it takes to make something. And also, like, it, it's... Because I'm like I'm clearly editing all my stuff too, right? I'm a very small creator um, in comparison to Pestley. It doesn't make any economic sense for me to try and outsource any of it. And right now, like at some point, maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll figure it out. But like at the moment, it's just kind of, you know, the sort of passion side hobby and um I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying the whole process and yeah mm-hmm. editing and all that kind of stuff but is it like getting to the, it's interesting getting to the point of being like previously i'd be like i'd edit something as best as i could and it would take you know it would take a i mean it would take a long time it would take me like 10 hours to make like a 10 minute video or something yeah. um and that's just in the edit and then now like the, the stage i'm at now is like I know what kinds of content I can make that's going to take different amounts of time. If I know I'm going to have more time, I can make some of the more intensive stuff that I know is probably better mm-hmm. quality or it's like, it's, it's different. It's something that is different than I want to do rather than something that I know is just going to work and is going to be quicker. Yeah. And, but then even within that now, like I'm sort of getting to that point of being like, I could spend another three hours and the video will be better, but is it that is it then worth that extra time for me to, to go and do that rather than start working on the next one. And so that's yeah. something that I didn't, um, I didn't put as much, wait on i thought like oh i'm just gonna because i didn't know anything about video editing when i started right and it's just like i thought well i'll just like keep going and i'll get better at it and it'll get better but the problem is the better that you get at it the more that you want to do and so then it ends up just taking yeah. like the video gets better but it takes you the same amount of time yeah you get really <laughs> so... into it because you're like oh look at this really cool thing that i made i actually really enjoyed making it but it gets the same amount of views as it would have if you just thrown it up raw yeah and, uh, yeah and that kind of thing it's you um... end up in this you end up in the spiral Kind it's of. difficult and you have to be quite you have to be quite careful you have to be quite sensible with it unless you're yeah. being able to outsource it to other people and you're over that tipping point where it starts to make sense where yeah. you know you, you can have somebody who you, you trust and understands your style is going to put something out that you know is good um so yeah. like what did you guys like split it up like which videos did you do and um or did you just kind of whichever one came next um you both you know you did whichever one was was the next in the queue kind of thing it changed over the course of the year how we did things strategically. Um, I mean, at first, Frankie was making the raid series and I was doing guides and highlights. And then we introduced the hardcore stuff. And, you know, I could make 10 episodes of hardcore in a day. Mm. Um, and then Frankie got a bit uh, tired of just doing the raid series. So I jumped on to do the raid series and then he did everything else. Okay. Um the way that it worked, uh, the, the, the strategy that we implemented uh, at the beginning of this wipe was that every Monday uh, we would have a meeting and it would be content meeting for the coming week. And it was every Monday morning for UK people, uh, about 5 p.m. Australia time. Um, we, we'd sit down, we'd have a chat for an hour or two or three, depending on where in the white we are yeah the further through the white the longer the meetings got and the more we spoke about fishing than tarkov (laughs) um but that's a whole other where the wipe is is a whole other kettle of fish 
Um, And in that meeting, we'd go, right, you're doing this, you're doing this. Everyone happy? Yeah, cool. Go. And then, so you don't, yeah, you'd have your weekly meeting and then split out your tasks from there. Yeah, and we we I'd look at it and go, I can get that done in three days if I don't sleep. <laughs> so Monday, smash it out. Eight a.m. to midnight Tuesday. Eight a.m. to midnight Wednesday. Thursday, I'm on call. Friday, I'm on call. Saturday, I'm on call. Sunday, I'm on call. Or I can do four hours work a day, right? Now, basically it didn't just always work out right? like that. Yeah. yeah, it didn't always work out like that because Nikita likes to just throw patches out at midnight on a Friday. He also yeah. likes to wipe on. He also likes to wipe on Christmas Eve. That was a good one. Thanks, mate. That was a good one. Yeah, Christmas was great. Um, <laughs> he stuff comes up, so sometimes you'll smash a load of bits out, and then you'll have done your week's work and then something just pops up and you just have to get on with it. Right. It just, it is what it is, what it is. Right. So some weeks you're chaos, some weeks you're in the middle, some weeks, not so much. Uh, I got really good at doing stuff really fast. You that have to, my, especially with that volume, the volume yeah, that, that was my, that, you know, that channel actually pushes out. It's insane. Yeah. Whether it was the highest quality stuff that we could have made, like you said, do you spend an extra 10 hours making a thing or do you make an extra 10 things? Yeah. And when we're looking at like the economies of scale, we go in, you know, maybe we just do 10 more things. Yeah. yeah now exactly. I know that, I know that, uh, there's some plans to, to, to change that. And I think Pestily fans are in for a wild ride for the next wipe. I was actually just about to ask you. I was like, you know, what, what, where do you think the strategy is going from here with with his channel and everything? Like, does it just keep the same old, or because I know, I mean, his stream is huge, right? And um, and I know that you know the YouTube is mostly, and I think it's, this is actually quite an interesting thing. And I guess like I'm going to ask like a, about six questions at the same time here mm-hmm. um, of you and just kind of like what your thoughts are. But like, it's it's interesting for me how, especially talk of YouTube has kind of um, moved from like one one thing to another right so people start off they do they do guides like predominantly unless you're like mm-hmm. a streamer first and first and first and foremost but like yeah and you're really like super good and like a super good fps person like clicking heads like a complete maniac most people start mm-hmm. making guides then they move into some other stuff and then they end up doing like a lot of like playthrough things and a lot of so kind of stream and gameplay highlights and, and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff which is you know a lot of the pestley channel these days is that the raid series is hardcore it's like those kind of like you know gameplay centric um, pieces of content I, I, I yeah that's why i was kind of like that's what led me into asking the question about like what's next for the, for that channel but also yeah. like a gen, more general question just about like you know i think you said to me offline when we were chatting on discord before or on twitter or whatever about like the, you know the state of the general talk of like creator yeah. space because it's um it's an interesting one it's an interesting one it is an interesting one and so to to give you some insight into what's coming up right you're going to have to wait and see, right? I know exactly what the plans are. I know all of this stuff, and I don't want to ruin it for anyone. That's but fair. what I know is it's going to be ace, right? <laughs> There's some really cool stuff coming up, which whilst I'm kind of sad that I'm not going to be a part of it, me leaving has opened the door for everyone to sit down and go, here's a really good moment for us to try some new stuff. 
with some new talent and some incredible new editors that are come in. Like yeah. the guys that are come in, it's so much better than me. I incredible when we were watching their videos even the guys that didn't make it like the the caliber in that final stage was insane and i sat there like why did you even employ me bro like come on (laughs) um so the stuff that is going to be coming is going to be really really good and i i I know that people are going to enjoy it it might upset a couple of people but whatever you know, yeah, you can't please out everybody. With the old in with the new, you, you can't, can't please, please everybody, right? Everyone. Like, if three percent of your viewer base is going to be upset, but you're going to double your viewer base, it's like, yeah, it, you know, you know, and that life. brings me on nicely to like the state of the the Tarkov content creation world. There's a couple of different ways that you have to sort of approach it, and it depends on the time of the white, but you tend to see people go through this cycle where you 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 put out a guide with the intention to um like appeal to new viewers like and to give people that information so they're watching your guide they're on your channel they see that you create tarkov content now if your guide's good they might click on something else and they see oh they see a title of you uh wiping out two full five man squads in labs they're like oh sick i want to watch that it's a stream highlight video or it's a clips video because you don't stream but you recorded it offline now let's say you've edited that really well and it's really good it's high impact it's entertaining it 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 gets them like yeah this was sick cool and then they maybe hit that sub button and then you got your series so you got your raid series which is for like you're dedicated for your subs it's it's your made for youtube content it's your Never let them down. I think in three years, one episode was late. And that was my fault because they had to do interviews to replace me. So they had to knock the Friday one on the head and move it to Monday. Um, And that was the only time I think that he's had to ever cancel it. Um, Interesting. So, and then as you go through the white, you start seeing people do weird stuff. You see, you see a lot of like, you know, let's try and get Kappa by only walking backwards. You know, <laughs> that's you the mood people... we're in now, right? <laughs> yeah, the mood we're in now is people turning on the game and going, "What's the weirdest shit that I can do that like people want to watch?" Yeah, and there is a there's a risk that the Tarkov community runs, and it 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 risks going into the same space that the Rainbow Six community is in. So. Rainbow Six Siege views are down across the board on YouTube. The game is losing interest. The people that are getting views are the ones that are appealing to people that don't play Siege, Mm -hmm. but they want to watch heavily edited, entertaining, consumable content. Yeah. So they make all of this mad stuff, all of this really crazy hyper stuff that's just every 30 seconds is a viral clip. And that's what they're making in Siege. And that kind of kills everyone that tries to make serious content. Because no one wants to watch the serious content anymore. Fortunately, the economy resets on Tarkov are so potent that whenever there's a wipe, everyone starts playing again. And then you get a load of new people on top. Yeah, Those new people haven't got a clue what they're doing. 
a lambs to the slaughter. And they have to come back and watch all the guides <laughs> and all of those guides. things pop off again. They have to go and do all of that. And then they watch the highlight videos to see how you play. And then they watch the series and then they watch these things. Yeah. And it is a very carefully created structure that all the Tarkov content creators basically doing the same thing. And then it gets a little bit silly and people start doing silly stuff. And, and you've got to wonder, obviously the game's going to look really different in a year, but once they start to introduce the persistent world and they start to introduce, you know, there's the talk of the seasonal, non-seasonal yeah. mm-hmm. path of exile, Diablo kind of thing. But personally, I actually think that's a really good idea, but that's a whole different kettle of fish. <laughs> the game in a year's time, like part of me is contemplating not playing the game for a year, right? I've just sat on the game full time for a year. Okay. I've got thousands of hours. My account was made in January, 2017. Part of me is contemplating not playing the game for a year, just watching the YouTube stuff and just watching everything. So I'm keeping up to date with it and then picking it up in 12 months time. You know what? I don't think like if you're if you're not like a, a you know maining content on that on on this game, I don't th- and you're just there for the experience. I actually don't think that's a bad idea in some in some ways. I'm not going to do that because <laughs> I think like I think it, yeah I think it depends. I think it depends. Like if you want that experience, and I, I actually this is almost kind of what I was talking to church about maybe not last week but the week before. Of like I'm almost a little bit jealous of those people who are going to come in and play 1.0 and they're going to you know yeah. see labs for the first time when it actually means yeah. something and all mm-hmm. of that stuff right and play the game the way it's supposed to be right from the outset and. Because like, we've we've all seen it so many times we, that you know you go to these places pain. and it's like yeah, yeah. And it's like not going to be quite the same even though it's going to be you know it'll be super cool when it when it releases and, you know we have like the grizzled old veterans like <laughs> walking out from zero point xx whichever patch it is into one point oh just like oh, yeah. no, back in my day it makes me laugh whenever I hear people moaning about stuff <laughs> and I'm like you never played Factory when healing had no animation and it was instant <laughs> and fights would go on. <laughs> 10 minutes right imagine fighting someone in the bathroom but they're just pressing four and they're constantly healing heal heal yeah. heal 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 you're shooting them and they're healing so you need to shoot you need to outshoot their healing and and when you um you didn't used to repack a mag you used to just drop the stack of bullets on the mag and it was done straight back in the gun yeah there was none of this downtime in a bush God someone catches me out right now i'm done you know it, yeah. it the game it was none of so that. it was just dragged reload heal 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 done yeah but i think um, like on that same vein right like i'm super excited for how it's going to be in a year's time as well and just to see what's going to happen i think there's going to be some big updates i think with the whole streets thing whenever it comes i think it's going to be i think it's going to be big and there's you know the various things that they're bringing out like I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I feel like there's enough. Street, the streets will be done. good. Streets, streets will be good. good. Yeah, I feel I like streets is going to be a turning point for the yeah. for the company. I feel like streets is going to be the make or break for this game. If so. streets sucks, I think a lot of people are going to hang it up. <laughs> if streets is awesome, I think a lot yeah. of people are going to be like because the thing is like this well, yeah, was if, worth waiting for. Because if streets yeah. isn't if streets isn't good, like what's next? You know, and then I think a lot, of, you know, the big thing that everyone's been waiting yeah. for, it'll be like the cyberpunk release or something, you know, yeah. where it's like so hyped and then it comes exactly. out and like no one can play or it doesn't I work. Don't, I don't think stuff. that Nick, if I think if Nikita could turn the hype off for streets, he would because oh, yeah. 
the amount of pressure that's on them mm-hmm. to to deliver what was essentially just a new map, right? Just a new map. Yeah. Just more content. And now everyone's like, street, 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 street. When street's coming out? Like, people have been asking me about streets for a year. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I wish I knew because I want to play it too. Exactly. And, exactly. and I, you know, I just feel like Nikita sits there and he thinks, if we drop the ball on this, we're going to upset tons of people. He's going to upset people either way, right? There's going to be yeah. someone that their computer can't run streets and they're going to be like, oh, it's a trash game. I don't, oh, yeah. yeah, Reddit's going to explode either yeah. which way. You know, I, uninstall Reddit. I got one lag spike. Wee, I'm uninstalling. I'm never playing yeah. again. You know, but like the general consensus, the general gamer. If I turn on streets for the first time and I walk around within half an hour, I'll message you and I'll be like, "Yeah," or I'll be like, "No." It's one of two things. It's oh god, I hope it's good. You know, I so hope it's good. I so hope it's good. So, yeah, there's so some. Talking about like wipe cycles and stuff, I think there's there's one creator in particular who pretty much just like matches the wipe cycle one for one because we're talking about the the types of content and like you know clearly as a creator, as a budding aspiring creator, you know I tend, I follow what everybody else is doing and just kind of like looking at what's what's working and what's not working that kind of stuff because you just kind of have to if you're in and I'm interested in that kind of stuff anyway. Um, but there's one guy actually another UK uh, creator, Piranha, who his like his entire YouTube channel is just guide he's, videos. Key boy. It's yeah, yeah, um, database, dude. He, it's the it's the the Piranha database. It's insane. And you what if you go on, on his like social blade analytics, it's like the wipe happens and his channel he's, explodes. So it's vertical. Yeah. It's insane. And then the like, like well then, yeah, now, like, now it's like, you know, it's it's yeah. it's quite a lot lower. And that's just like it's very, very cyclical with the wipe and who's looking up guides and that kind of thing. But it's so so funny, just like mm-hmm. his channel's just kind of like the you know, the wipeometer of interest. Um because yeah. it does just it's so he's, seasonal. He's accidentally he's accident and this is this is this is some this is just some information. Some people are gonna hear this and go, Well duh, like of course. And then some people are gonna go, You're a you're a genius, Brit, right? <laughs> What Piranha's accidentally done is he's created wipe-sensitive content, okay? <laughs> what he should be doing, and what any content creator should be doing, and I'm going to ask this now because I've been under a rock for two weeks, I've basically been on holiday. Has the wipe been officially announced yet? No, the wipe has, has been officially, said, the wipe has been officially pushed back. Fantastic. So, <laughs> in between now and the wipe being officially pushed back, from the point where I thought it was, what I would suggest any content creator that really wants to take this seriously, plan your content around immediate wipe, mm. early game wipe, mid wipe, late wipe, right? So think about it. Wipe starts. You need to cover everything that's new. You yeah. need to cover everything for new players as well. So piranha, keys, okay? But also tasks. Also starter guide. Also, everything that the new player is going to go, right. what is this, right? Frankie, when he started working for, for, for Paul, hadn't played Tarkov before. So his first week, he was paid to play Tarkov for a week. <laughs> and he was sat there with a notepad and he wrote down everything that, he, everything that caught him out, whatever it was. How do I do this? What is this? How, 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 what, 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 what? Head eyes, question mark, times 10, excuse me. And then he gave that to Pestley and we went, how can we build some guides around this, right? 
That's so cool. So you attack it from a new player perspective. What is a new player going to want to know? Can you actually recite that information? Can you explain this to someone? Because if you're a streamer and you're going to make these guides and you're going to stream, you need to be able to kind of not have the wiki on that monitor up there. You know, that's reserved for the radar, not the wiki. You need to be able to answer these questions. So you do the early wipe stuff and then you have your hooks, like your highlight videos and maybe a series or whatever you is your thing. Like maybe you do Mythbusters, right? Love Mythbuster related content for any game. So you do that kind of stuff. And then you think, right, everyone's bored after two weeks. What do people want to know? People want to know what happens past level 40. People want to know what happens once you get to this point. And then late game wipe stuff where people start getting a bit weird. Plan that weird stuff before the wipe. Create a plan. Otherwise, you'll get the tweet saying, wipe tomorrow, Merry Christmas, filthy (laughs) animals. And you're all going to go, fuck. (laughs) And I tell you now, if you have plans on that wipe you don't anymore yeah or you wait until the next wipe to get on the train because it's literally this yeah and then it just it's that and it's a real slow graph down to nothing and then the economy reset and then do this yeah so plan 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 it for the different stages in a perfect world a wipe is three months long right Month one, month two, month three. That, you can plan your content. You can almost have everything ready. You just need the stuff to fit in. Yeah. People don't do that. And I think it makes sense for a seasonal game like like Tarkov. Yeah. Chat kind of, um, chat kind of uh, corrected me, by the way. I said officially pushed back. Someone said, well, it's never official. I said, no, it's never official. Nikita said it. Nikita said he wasn't thinking of a wipe, which probably means wipe Thursday, um, <laughs> i.e. today. But... Uh, yeah. Sorry, Chet, what were you going to say? Oh, nothing. But I, I did want to ask, um, you know, you're talking about like uh, the open world and, and things of nature and also describing Tarkov's like relationship with like its content and the cycle of the wipes. And ha- I have a question for you. Have you ever watched any Rust content before? Yeah. I so, do like Rust content. What's interesting about that is it is a wipe, obviously as a schedule wipe cycle and whatnot but um the content to me feels more timeless you know it's more like i guess you know it has like the guides and stuff but also just has like this like storytelling that seems to be like the most popular thing that i I see those really epic yeah 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 they're so good like your classic well in yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. stuff like that but like tarkov doesn't really have that for multiple reasons and i and i wonder if like you were maybe sort of alluding to that if if like there was ever a time and space where tarkov in this like open world-esque environment you could like tell a true story of your journey from a to b or streets or whatever yeah i hope so i really do and i don't know if it would be be, that would be very good uh and i think that would because there's always cross-pollination between game audiences yeah, and I, I think a lot of people would watch more Tarkov content, and we try to get there with the raid series. 
Yeah. Yeah. Where we've got this persistent episodic content. Right. But imagine if you could present something like the Raid series, but it was a clan war between two teams on Tarkov that were constantly battling over the car dealership in the streets. <laughs> and like it went on for weeks and weeks. And that was presented in the way that the Rust stuff was presented. That then becomes, we call it evergreen content, right? Like the right. evergreen tree that lasts for fucking ever and is massive. Right. Um, not that plastic tree that sits in a corner that I don't have to water, <laughs> um, which I thought was real for a month and I was watering it, by the way. <laughs> um, get very tired sometimes and you just forget. So you try and that's where you start to tipple into this like evergreen stuff. The problem now, wipe happens. Everything on this side, I don't care about anymore. Yeah. That's old, that's old content, right? One of the, the best way to prove this point is a lot of big YouTubers, their first month's worth of videos they ever make actually have quite a lot of views because a lot of people will go back and watch it. A lot of people want to know what the earliest upload of right. Jacksepticeye is or PewDiePie yeah, 100%. I remember uh, years and, I don't know, eight years ago or something, I was on KSI's channel, and I was like, oh, what his oldest video is? And it was, it was him playing Modern Warfare 2. I can tell you exactly where on the map he was, what he was doing, and it had like 100k views. I bet you it didn't have 100k views when you loaded it. Yeah. If you go back to Tarkov content creators and go to their oldest videos... It's dead content. It's nice to watch because you get to see what Tarkov used to look like. And you also get to have a little dabble and see like how your content creator has changed his headset from this to that and <laughs> how they sound different and what they're doing different. And you get to kind of go, oh, this was cool. But no one's actually seriously watching it. It makes sense. As yeah. soon as it goes from like, I don't know how they number things, but like as soon as it goes from 0.99999 to 1, Everything before there, just yeah, dead. right. It's dead. dead. It's but what you were saying, like, movies. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's what you were saying, Church, before when you, because like Church recommended me a bunch of Rust stuff to watch, just kind of like for like <laughs> ideas and inspiration, that kind of thing, and just like to see different content style. Because I, I like, I'm very limited on my time, and so I haven't, I haven't watched anything like that really. And so he showed me yeah. some of them, and it was just kind of like. Some guys are, uh, you know, speaking in chat as well, just kind of alluding to why Tarkov doesn't work that way. And like, as as you said, Judge yourself to me was that a lot of these stories are about revenge and it's about multiple encounters. And that's kind of the issue with like the story driven content in Tarkov is that like you you see somebody once and you die or they die, yeah. and then that's it. And even if you both escape, you're not going to be in the same raid again. So there's no like recurrence of like that's meeting. true. That's and it, a very... that history and that sort of is a relationship between enemies, right? That builds yes. up within something like Rust or even Daisy. And yeah. it's the consistency yeah. of the world and the fact you've got bases and all this kind of thing, right? That, and that doesn't exist with in EFT and yeah. there's no VoIP yet and so there's kind of no real way for players to properly interact with each other other than just shooting each other on site so it's there's a there's a you know there's a bit of ways to go before that kind of storytelling loop can get closed in, in Tarkov yeah. which makes that content kind of hard to make like you know the, the best videos I think um, within EFT are things like you know as someone again said in chats uh, 30x's stuff which is like 
you know, highly edited, like super, yeah. super good yeah. content. There's some, some of the Zichun videos, I think are just hilarious. They're just like <laughs> really funny compilations. The, the editing is just like out of this world. Yeah. On that. And or something like Aquas, which is a story about his endeavor to do whatever, right? Which is probably yeah. the yeah. best, it's the closest and best thing you can really get. Yes. Um, unless you're like with a squad, which kind of tells a story. It's like, that's mm. the, the closest you can get to it by doing that kind of thing. And, um, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's just a bit, um, it's a bit more difficult to get that into into eft but it depends, you know, it depends what you want to achieve as well yeah as the creator yeah. i feel like having worked with all sorts of different people across tons of different titles i feel like you can do whatever the hell you want to do so long as you can work out kind of the best way to do it yeah like um we spent quite a lot of time going into raids n- with nothing equipped and just, being <laughs> just recording yeah <laughs> yeah and it's boring as hell but and it takes ages to get it done but you yeah. get it done now the game isn't really set up to kind of handle that will it ever be able to handle that no but you could still achieve it you know the way that aqua does things there's a certain timelessness to that as well because if yeah. you really like aqua which most people do you could go and watch that stuff and and have a good time with it That's true. Um, like frankie on pc formerly known as frankie in 1080p on pc um he did tons of stuff with the daisy mods and the armor mods and all of that and i could still go back and watch his videos they're eight years old because they've got that really epic creativity to them. Mm. But if you're just slapping together stream highlights of you killing some people in dorms, and you're like, why does no one watch this video anymore? That's why no one watches that video anymore. You kind of need to, I hate to say it, you need to do something different. Yeah. Or be completely happy with the fact that you're not doing something different. It, it, it all depends on you. The biggest thing to remember is that the shape of Tarkov now versus what it's going to be is completely different. And there'll be more opportunities to make different content and more content as BSG gives us more content. Yeah, I agree with that. The more playground they give us, the more we can play. Mm-hmm. And the 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 more stuff that they add in, you know, I mean, stop adding guns, you know, there's enough guns. Don't need more guns. It's player interaction features, right? It's the VoIPs. It's the, we- you know, that kind VoIP of VoIP comes in. I swear to God, the whole of YouTube, the landscape's going to change. It's a God, and I'm so excited. If anyone makes TikToks or short form content, hot mics on Tarkov, the whole, I, I will probably be tempted to like literally just run around and even without wanting to create content i will have my obs running a replay buffer just for those moments where i'm in dorms and i'm pinned in a corner and i'm like listen bro i will throw my gun out this door right now please let me leave i have got the bronze pocket watch all right please and then you just got some kid on the other side that's just like well give us everything you got and we'll let you live and you're like okay and, and yeah you throw it all down on the floor and you, you try and walk him backwards so he's in line with the window so your buddy over in two-story can crack him. 
So you comms with him on Discord and you're like, I'm going to walk him backwards. No, no, please don't shoot me. The whole game's going to change. Yeah. Everything about Tarkov and content creation will be different. See, when even that tiny in. little scenario already, like everyone can visualize it in their mind's eye. It's compelling. It's got like stuff mm-hmm. behind it. It reminds me of when I used to play DayZ. You have somebody pinned in a, in a hangar. It took us like 45 minutes to get this guy out and I shot him with a DMR. It was yeah. just like, just all of those things. It just like adds, it just adds so much. And yeah, it, it might be toxic in some ways. But level to it. Yeah, exactly. And there's going to be, you know, we're here at the moment and there's going to be some really good stuff and there's going to be some really bad stuff. But in terms yeah. of like creation, right? You just cut all the bad stuff and just keep all the good stuff. That's yeah. just kind of how it works. Editors, so. right? That's what we do. We just <laughs> exactly, exactly. We just get rid of all the bad stuff. <laughs> Plus, that kid that 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 got shot by the guy in two story dorms, right? He's learned his lesson. Don't play with your food. <laughs> or if you're going to trust someone, completely and inexplicably trust them on Tarkov. You either you either drill them on site. Or you completely agree to trust them. That guy's going to learn. He's going to learn his lesson. Oh, that's going to be interesting. It's going to so, be interesting. The whole the whole landscape will change when we get VoIP and open world, and I'm really looking forward to that. Really, really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be. I think it's going to push a load of players away, but I don't really care for them. Going to bring a whole new load of players in, and. I'm convinced that Tarkov has the potential to literally be the best PC shooter on the market um, by far. It, they just, they need to not cock it up. I, th- I agree with you, right? They have, they have all of the makings of, of something that's going to be brilliant and mm-hmm. going to last a long time, but they have to fix certain things. They have to optimize certain things to make the game. Yeah. Get people to stop complaining about the game. Just fix it yeah. to stop people complaining. I don't even care about the bugs. Just stop people complaining about the game. My God, yeah. there's an education so issue there though, because people complain about things they don't understand. Yes, Pe- people do. complain about Steam audio for ages. It's nothing to do with BSG problems with Steam's end. You know, people complain about server issues, and Nikita has literally said, "If you can find me a server in the Middle East that can <laughs> yeah. run better than a potato with a." a two gig ram stick stuck in the side of it i'll pay you 10 grand like the, the there is there's issues above their control that they can't do but you know yeah. the average best. joe's just like exactly Ow. i had Sorry. one other thing actually so i'm just taking a bit of a tangent here because i guess we're going to be finishing up fairly soon but um mm-hmm. i did want to take a little tangent out because i wanted to ask you about your youtube channel um, because I know that, well, actually Church linked me to one of your videos and I've seen you've got mm-hmm. a new, a new YouTube channel. It's pretty, pretty new, right? Like it's been what, a couple of months or uh, something. Yeah. It's, um, it's relatively new. Yeah. And you've got maybe 15, 20 videos out there or something. Oh, not it's even like, that. I think, it less? I think, I, oh, maybe it's 10, definitely less 15? than that. It's, it's, uh, it's a handful at the moment. It looked like, uh, you know, it's just like, it's, 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 it's okay. It's like, a, you know, it's a. There's nine there's, videos there's some, on it right Okay, now. nine videos. All right. Well, yeah, just, it's, it's, just must it's be, a baby. They just must be just such good quality that I thought there was more <laughs> content, you know, obviously. But no, in seriousness, right, as, as, an, as, an, uh, as an amateur editor, it is very, very useful. Cool. I watched the one video that Church sent to me, and then I watched like four more. And I was like, <laughs> this is um, the good stuff. So, um, so, yeah, I think, that's, um, I think that's cool. Like what made you start? that you just thought you had some value to bring because people ask me questions a lot Mm. 
I have this very fortunate. This is going to sound like a really weird flex. And I've tried for a very long time to be as humble about it as possible. I'm in a very fortunate position, and I have been, where I work with some of the biggest creators in the world on the platform. Um, One of my new clients is the seventh highest growing YouTuber of 2020. I'm a finalist in the eSports Awards for editing a series. Amazing. I've edited the Rainbow Six Siege World Championships for 2021. My CV is fat, right? <laughs> it would make sense to ask me questions because yeah. I've clearly done something right. And whilst I might not be the most technically skilled editor, I'm definitely not the most technically skilled editor. Uh, by comparison, you know, the guys that Pestley's hired in uh, are far more technically skilled than me. There's something that I've done which has got me to this place. So my Discord, my Twitter, DM Central. <laughs> and it is either, how do I do this? How do I do this? What's this? What's the best way to do this? Or what do you think of this? I'm trying to do that. You know, it's businessy stuff. Yeah. I want more clients. How do I get more money for this? What do you reckon to this? Do you think this is a good deal? People are very trusting of me with information, right? <laughs> Which is fine. Like, I don't <laughs> tell anyone anything, but like, you know... Someone turned around to me and went, here's an NDA. Do you think this is a good idea? And I was oh my like, God. you shouldn't have sent me that. Uh, but, yeah, this is pretty good. Sign that and send it back. Hope, for, hope it goes well. So I started answering the same questions over and over and over again. And I learned how to edit by watching YouTube videos. Yeah. Whether it was actually editing youtube videos from like peter mckinnon or insert name of editor here or it was by consuming the content that i wanted to create so like i've always been a really big fan of a a rainbow six siege uh a youtuber called marley Mm -hmm. and i watched his stuff for literally research purposes i'd watch it for entertainment value and then i would watch it for research purposes because I'm like, if this guy gets 5 million views a video, there's a reason for it, right? Yeah. There's a blueprint. So I thought, I'll make a YouTube channel and I'll answer these questions. If it kicks off and it starts making me some cash money, I ain't got a problem with that. <laughs> if yep. it doesn't kick off and it continues to help people learn, I ain't got a problem with that. Win-win. I think. I think. I it's think a it's a win-win. Kick off, honestly, because yeah. like the thing is, right? You're already. It's, it's like it's like a circular thing. You're already a good editor, right? So you're starting this YouTube channel. You've got the equipment. You you can edit your own videos in a really good way, so that yeah. people actually want to watch it. You know what people want to watch on YouTube. It's like being a YouTube edit, a video editor, starting a channel. It's almost like the perfect thing. So it, I, it's um, an in, it's it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I, I wish you the best I, of luck. I think it'll I try I think to it'll say to people, good. listen to what I have to say, but this might not work for you but just open your eyes to the bigger picture of it exactly and then one final question from chat actually are you on twitch do you still stream no i don't actually (laughs) i do not but i'm at a sarcastic brit everywhere 
So my Twitch does exist, but I don't stream anymore at all. I'm purely focusing on uh, my own YouTube, being annoying and kind of funny on Twitter, <laughs> uh, and um, making good content for other people. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's man. cool. Right. Well, I guess I guess we're probably gonna have to wrap it up, right? That's uh, that's probably it. Church, you got anything else you want to ask just before just before we think, squeak one out before we go, or are you all good? <laughs> squeak one out. No, I mean this was great, dude. I I appreciate you coming on. This was like super insightful for myself, and yeah, it's great cool. stuff, man. I appreciate I appreciate you being the only people to say, hey, do you want to come on our podcast? <laughs> Well, I'm glad we did I was that. like, I really want to go on a podcast. I feel like I got some stuff to share, <laughs> and yeah, no one else, no one else tapped me up. So crazy, that's crazy. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I hope you managed to get everything that, out that you wanted to say out. Um, so yeah, well, if not, quite... you know, you could always come on another time. I... You know, you know. <laughs> exactly. I called. Exactly. I called. Um, I called Thor the Titan for a 20 minute chat the other day about editing something and we we're on the phone till about 3 a.m <laughs> it is a bottomless pit it really yeah. is you, you could sit and talk to me for hours i definitely could, just, could. I we definitely could just could. shoot the breeze about <laughs> editing and tarkov and youtube and yeah it's a whole funnel man <laughs> it's dangerous I know. I know well look thank you so much for coming on it's been it's been a blast having you here it's uh, you know you've got a unique it. perspective on on the space, given that you know Pestley is basically the biggest creator in in our in our world, doing Tarkov only content, mm-hmm. um, and you know you got unique insight to that. So it's been it's been fantastic, and thanks for joining us. I no, appreciate it. If if anyone has any questions, just hit me up on Twitter. Just shout at me on Twitter, and I will shout back. And if you're interested in editing, go and subscribe to me on YouTube because that stuff is at literal gold. If you use Premiere yeah. Pro, it's it's literal yeah. gold. <laughs> I, I do this thing where if you ask me to make a video about a subject that you're stuck on, I will make that video. I literally take requests. It's quite fun. So so there you go. So, there you go. You heard it here. It's the best editing channel on YouTube. And with that, I guess we'll uh, I guess I guess we'll close it then, yeah? I guess yeah. we'll close it. Thanks again and uh we'll catch you guys oh, next week. You. Awesome, awesome. Catch you later. Bye chat. <laughs>